Yo, what's up? This is Ori Original, and you're listening to Step Off Magazine Production. Internets, what's good? You tuned into another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. Today, my guest is an activist, he is an artist, and above all, he is a dedicated humanitarian. Today, I talk with the one and only Ori Original. He is a visual artist based out of Oakland, California, and he is also the artist behind Justice for Our Lives, a campaign which memorializes victims of law enforcement and police violence here in the United States. I got to talk with Ori. We got to talk about a lot of different things, um, him growing up in uh, Los Angeles, uh, the influence that growing up in East L.A. in particular had on him and his artistic style. Him moving up to the Bay Area, um, especially around the time when Oscar Grant was killed by the BART Transit Police there in 2009, and how that kind of led into him uh, starting the Justice for Our Lives campaign several years later on. And also, I got to talk to him about his thoughts on uh, where the campaign is now and also where the country is in regards to addressing police violence and, uh, and law enforcement misconduct. Also, with that said, guys, about three quarters into the episode, we had a little bit of technical difficulties while we were conducting this interview. So if the quality of the sound kind of dips a little bit and you notice, that's why. So you're still going to be able to hear everything. It's just going to sound a little bit different. But aside from that, you should be able to uh, hear everything just fine. So with that said, um, yo, let's get into the show and let's get back to the program. Well, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to sit down and uh, and talk with me. You know, for the listeners out there who may not be familiar with your work, um, just introduce yourself, man, and let the listeners know uh, who who you are. Yeah, so my name's Ori Original, and I'm a visual artist. I like to think of myself primarily as a painter, but I I'm mostly recognized for my graphic design. But I but I definitely identify first as a painter and then graphic design. Uh, also activist, um, uh, lightweight printing, uh, some street art, but um, I pretty much do a lot of different things. So yeah, that's who I am. Uh, I'm originally from LA. I am currently based in Oakland. So I've been in the Bay Area for like the last 10 years doing uh, a lot of art and a lot of activism. So yeah, that's who I am. You know, I got to ask, man, like, you know, like, where does the, uh, where does your artist name originate from? And like, what significance does it hold? Yeah, so I, I grew up in LA and I grew up in the hood. So pretty much when you grew up in that type of environment, um, as a youngster, you know, you befriend other youngsters in the neighborhood and we all come up with uh, nicknames. It's usually going to be a diss nicknames so say like big head or 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 monkey or or in my case uh it was orejas because as a kid i had uh large ears and i kind of grew into them you know so uh, now that i'm older and my body's shaped differently they don't necessarily pop out as much but uh when i was younger they definitely did and um i remember this one uh, occasion where me and my friend were walking down my street and uh, I was, and like back in the days, I remember using whiteout was like a 
common thing to like do graffiti or you know just like do little tags and whatnot and i was um they would call it busting a tag but i was busting a tag pretty much on on like this uh, street light post and uh i was tagging my name orejas which i didn't necessarily like but that's really all all i had as like a like a like a youngster so i was tagging my name and i only got to do o-r-e when um one of my neighbors came out and he's like hey what are you doing stop stop doing that so the tag remained and you know friends would see it that would walk by so from orejas they started calling me ore which is like a weird weird sound like what the hell does ore mean like i don't even know what that means but it was just like like a like a like an inside joke that we had amongst my uh, friends in in my neighborhood. They would call, then call me Ore. So then, um, uh, fast forward to an, another uh, a, um, another situation where I was hanging out with friends. I remember uh, so we were at my friend's house and we were just smoking weed and we were watching the Lakers game. And I remember at that time there was a Lakers player who, uh, his name was Robert Ory. His last name being spelled H O R R Y. And, um, and, uh, I remember one of my friends, you know, just the announcer in the background, just calling the game. And he said, you know, Robert Ory's name. And then my friend just looked at me. He's like, Hey, what's up, Robert Ory? So then all of my friends like started laughing and uh so then they just started calling me that like Ori uh well Ori and Ore but I liked Ori better and uh I remember cuz back in those days I was quite a tagger so um I then thought about like what would be a suiting name for myself and I thought Ori sounded cool so um, I just added an extra e so that it sounds like it spells out Ori, mm-hmm. um, and then that, and I just I just rolled with it. And uh, a little bit later after that, I thought to myself like maybe I should have like a last name that would go along with that. So then I just thought Ori original sounded cool just to use like the like like a play of letters with the O R uh, at the beginning of the name and then O R at the beginning of my last name. So. It just ended up being Ori original. So I know it's a, a long story uh, to get around all of it, but that's pretty much pretty much like the origin of, of my name. The origin of Ori original. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, so you said that you grew up in East L.A., man. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about like your upbringing. You know, how did you get in the art and graphic design? And, you know, what were your influences growing up and what kind of inspired you to actually pursue art as like an actual career? Yeah, so um, L.A. is a really uh, big place, and um, I didn't necessarily grow up in East L.A. I grew up in Northeast L.A., which is kind of funny to, like, section it off like that, but um, it is a part of L.A. that, of course, is part of East L.A., but it's it's a little bit different. I mean, of course, demographically, but also, I guess, even just, like, culturally, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, Back in those days, there was a lot more gangs. Uh, I don't know how it is now in in LA. I, mean, I haven't been there in uh, ten years, but uh, I would feel like it's it's very different nowadays. But I remember back then, um, like with my neighborhood, there was a, there was a lot of activity, and uh, so growing up in the hood, like just kind of gave me a little bit of that edge, I guess. Um, but also just like experience in. Uh, and in, in, uh, seeing how my friends had to deal with uh, police encounters, um, not necessarily myself. I mean, um, even though I hung out with my friends and they were the ones that were gang members, that was never me. I was always just a chill guy, just very, I was just more weird back then, just kind of like into my own, my own, uh, like music. I was into like more music, not necessarily art, actually. So I didn't really get to actually uh have a like a like an output until i moved to the bay but i was always creative um for as long as i could remember and uh so i, I would say that my experience uh, growing up in that environment like uh informed me a lot uh, especially how that led into me being an activist 
but just kind of being like outside the box. Um, and, uh, but throughout that experience, you know, in LA, um, living at home, especially since I never had my own bedroom and, and I never had like any space for me to really spread out and like have my privacy to, to be able to explore my art. Um, I was never really able to do it. Um, I mentioned earlier how I was into tagging. So that was the only real kind of art that I was really able to explore was, you know, just to have my markers and, and whatever, like a spray, like, like a, uh, like a spray can and use the streets as my studio because I didn't have one myself at home or any space really at all to, to do any of that. Um, besides like maybe my black book that I would, you know, draw in or whatever. Um, so it, it, it definitely, it definitely led, uh, for me to become a late bloomer in life in regards to how I started to get into painting and graphic design. Cause when I moved out, I actually moved out to a French art studio in West Berkeley. And when I had his art studio for me to finally be able to have space to work in, that's when it happened. And then, uh, I believe it was um, 2014 when I started Justice for Our Lives. Actually, part of the reason why I started Justice for Our Lives was to encourage me to learn graphic design. So prior to that, I was I was like I I had no idea how to use Photoshop, how to use Illustrator. So I just went onto onto YouTube to like teach myself. Uh, I started off with you with uh, with with Photoshop. And then more recently, like a couple of years ago, I started to go to college to take classes on graphic arts. So then that's when I learned um, Illustrator. And then since then, I've been learning a lot more about like just using the Adobe products that they have, like all of the different apps uh, for, gra- for, for, for graphic design. So um, I didn't really start to get into graphic design until 2014, which is a lot later in life. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just been my journey. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that answered that question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, what was the catalyst for moving up to the Bay Area back in 2009? Uh, I was, it was 2000, yeah, so it was 2009. It was like early, no, it was uh, late 2009. So it was, uh, it was at that time when I was working uh, at a warehouse job, and uh, I was 24 years old. I remember at that time, and I made enough money to be able to move out. So that was my first time moving out of my parents' house, which only lasted for like about six months. So I had my own little studio in uh, in West Hollywood. Um, so I, I was able to sustain that for like six months until I lost my job. And then my only option was to move back to my parents' house. And, and prior to that, I remember that I had met some folks from the Bay and they were like, if I ever wanted to move up to the Bay, that they would hold me down for a bit. And that's what I did. So um, I decided that that would be the best move for me at the time. I just felt like... Uh, um, if I was to be moving back home that I would just be having to start from scratch again and have to build myself back up. And if, if I put myself in a totally brand new environment and even if I had to struggle to, to get my footing, that that probably would have been the best uh, choice for me to make. And that's what I did. And it's led to everything that I've done so far out here for the last 10 years. Okay. And um, in 2009 is also when Oscar Grant was killed in um, in San Francisco. Did you uh, witness any of the protesting or the organizing that was going on in the city at that time when you moved? Yeah, up there? I did. So um, he was killed prior to my move, but I remember uh, one of the main things that really like struck me when I moved out here was to see the activism um, challenging police brutality, but in this case was, of course, a uh, police killing, which was very high profile at the time. It was like the very first video that went viral of, of uh, someone being killed. So I remember that that being at the forefront of, 
of a lot of the things that I was seeing out there. So that really left an impression on me, uh, me moving out here right after his killing and seeing all the protests and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, that, that definitely was a moment in my life that uh, left an impression and eventually motivated me uh, to do the type of work that I've been doing uh, since then. Yeah, like um, activism is practically woven into the fabric of the Bay Area. Like you really can't take a step without seeing that somewhere in the city was – like what were the key differences you noticed like initially coming from L.A. into that environment? Well, for one, out here um, it's a lot smaller. So I was able – so because of that, I could understand how it's a little bit more accessible to be able to come together because um, in LA, like if, if you want to get, like, say, downtown, coming from, coming from, uh, in my neighborhood, it probably would be like a 15 to 20 minute drive. Um, so I, I, I understood how um, just the, the layout of the city makes things to, to, to allow for people to come together like that. But um, of course, the culture as well. Um, I mean, of course, like in L.A., you have like the Hollywood culture and how that uh, sort of molds um, uh, people's lifestyles versus the Bay Area where it's more chill. And like you said, you know, uh, the the activism that has been woven into the history out here. So I was actually it was actually like a, a culture shock for me to to come out here and, and see how like black people and white people and brown people etc could like all come together and like be part of the same group and be close friends and whatnot versus how me growing up all of my friends were like mexican you know like like i i had absolutely no black friends at all growing up um i remember i had like one black friend in middle school who i was close with but that was just like some some kid that moved to the area and then he went to my school and then he eventually moved out and, and you know it was it was just like a, like a bond that I had, like in seventh grade, you know, he was like one of my homies. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then after that, there, there wasn't really any black friends that I had, like, be, like beyond work, you know, like people that I knew from work. Um, so I remember it being like a culture shock, seeing how the vibe was a lot more different out here. And, uh, that has been one of the things that has definitely, um, uh, changed the way that I, you know, interact in, in the community and like understand, uh, that people have different experiences, that it's not just one, like generally one experience, like I would with me and my friends back home, but out here people have different experiences. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a trip when I, when I first came out here. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, so fast forward to 2014, um, that's when you start uh, Justice for Our Lives. And um, yeah. you said like prior to that, primarily you worked as a painter, but you kind of started experimenting like printing and, and digital media. You know, like uh, when exactly was it in 2014 that you started Justice for Our Lives and like and what was the catalyst that drove you to start like ultimately combining your own art with activism really? Yeah, well, actually, um, so uh, throughout my my experience out here in the Bay, um, I've always I've, I've I've had to struggle a lot. Actually, like when I first moved out here, I mean, of course, I said that that my friends had a studio that they let me stay in, but it wasn't my spot. I was pretty much sleeping on their couch, uh, and I've experienced that many other times uh, throughout uh, me living out here. And in 2014 uh, was a moment where I was in that situation. So I, I remember I was staying at, at, at a friend's house. I was sleeping on her couch. And I remember, uh, well, just feeling like, damn, like I don't have no studio to like paint, you know, or do any of that. So uh, if I'm going to be um, staying at my friend's house with no space to, to work the way that I would like to with my painting, then I guess I'm going to learn uh, digital design, you know? So that was like the catalyst for both me learning um, graphic design, but, and then through that, uh, taking up the uh, project of uh, Justice for Our Lives. But I remember 
the other thing that was happening at that at that time was uh, Black Lives Matter formed. Uh, I think it's July 13 is like their their genesis date or something. Yeah, uh, like I wanted I to ask. I wanted to ask you, like, was this prior oh, to uh, was this prior to like Eric Garner and um, and Mike Brown? Like when you yeah, started, yeah, was prior to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so Black Lives Matter started in 2013, and uh, I remember for for the rest of that year there was just like a lot of buzz, mostly online, like on Twitter, like you know through the use of the hashtag of seeing uh, a lot of conversation around the uh, Trayvon Martin case uh, with George Zimmerman and, and just seeing all the posts and like the uh, protests that would happen. Um, so that really inspired me at that time as well. So uh, I was, I was homeless and then I was inspired by, by what was going on with, uh, with black lives matter. And then, and I decided to, to learn Photoshop. Um, so all those three things that were happening uh, led for me to to uh, start the project and it was uh the beginning of the year so every year i go to the vigil for oscar grant because i'm based out here in fruitvale mm-hmm. pretty much so um i just came back from the vigil and i was like you know what i'm gonna do a portrait of his real quick and just put it out there that's what i did and then and then i did another design and another design and then before i knew it i was working with a project that people were uh, engaging with. So it just grew little by little after that. Yeah. Like, um, as you said, your artwork uh, with, uh, you know, justice for our lives, it has kind of become like iconic in the black lives matter movement. Like your portraits have appeared on posters and, um, banners that people have used like in protest in pretty much almost every major U S city uh, it's on T-shirts or it's sweet pasted on walls, and it's even been emulated in um, other countries overseas, like in places like France. You know, in regards yeah. to the police brutality. You know, what has it been like to see this project in your artwork? You know, literally take like a life of its own over the course of the past several years. Yeah, it's definitely a trip. Um, I mean, it's not something that I ever thought that I would be able to accomplish. To produce a body of work that would be, uh, um, that would be, uh, used so much and, and pretty much all around the world. So it's something that I, that I didn't expect, but then at the same time, I did understand that, you know, just that it's because of the movement, you know, with black lives matter and, and, uh, all the conversations that have, have been going on to that, giving this project exposure because of that. So, you know, a lot of the organizing, um, you know, uh, all the folks that have, have, uh, have taken the time to, to, uh, to print out my designs and, and, and put them out there is the reason why my project has, has, uh, has been put out there as much as it has. Um, but, you know, um, but before any of that, really, it's just me, you know, just a guy in in his bedroom, just, you know, creating a design and then just posting it online. And then it, and then, and then it has a life of its own. Uh, sometimes it feels like I don't I don't even own these designs. Like I, I kind of even believe that, like uh, um, I have set the intention for, for this to be like a real like uh, art for the people where where the people even like get to own it, uh, to, to a great extent, but of course not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not cool with people uh, making money off of it mm-hmm. uh, unless it's like the parents or, or people from the community who are, who are trying to use the money for, for something good. But, um, but if it's for anything else, um, people can do whatever they want. So, um, it's been a trip, you know, and, uh, uh, it has also made me feel like a sense of like, uh, how do you call it? Um, like, uh, I forget what the word is, but like, what, uh, like a sense of responsibility, you know, where, uh, which is hard to live up to where, um, it would even get to the point where, 
I have received many requests by like family members to produce designs, but really I'm just not able to fulfill these requests because it just comes from left and right all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it, it does make me feel bad, you know, but, um, there's really only so much that I can do. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, besides that, it's, it, it, it definitely feels fulfilling to know that I've produced something that has, has been like a tool for, for people in the movement to be able to continue to tell these stories. Um, so, and, and that's what I was meant that that's what I meant to set out to do. So, um, the work still continues, of course, because I, I have a, a bit more to do, and then, uh, and then move on from that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like one of the one of the first victims of police violence who actually did artwork for was in the campaign was actually Alex Nieto, who was shot dead um, in San Francisco. Um, Alex's parents actually even joined you for a printing session in the past. Uh, what was it like seeing your art? Um, in person, actually reaching the families of people that you paid tribute to and, you know, bringing public, public awareness to your story. Like you said, like telling their story cause they're not there to tell it. Yeah. It just made me realize the importance of, uh, bringing the community together in order to solve these problems. Um, prior to that, well, prior to that, I have had a lot of experience working with affected communities uh, through through my art, but this was the very first time where this happened, where where the art was not necessarily commissioned by an organization or whatever. Like it was something that that I created, and that through through close friends of mine that that live out here, were were, were able to uh, um, organize like a small printing party where the families where the parents attended unexpectedly. And, um, yeah, I was taken back a bit. I was like, wow, you know, like this is, uh, very beautiful to see, uh, uh, people coming together like this, uh, to support the family. But it's also very sad to see that this needs to happen where, uh, the parents of Alex Nieto are screen printing an image of their own son who had been murdered, uh, like a month prior to that or whatever. I don't know how, how much time it was, but so, um, yeah, but but more than anything else, it just made me realize that uh, having having the community come together is like the only real way that we're able to heal, and that we're able to attain justice. Uh, um, however, that materializes, but there's there's no real justice unless the community comes together, and uh, and that's what um, the community out there in San Francisco that have, have been backing up Alex Nieto have, have been able to do, they, they probably have not been able to do it through the courts, like legally, but um, when it comes to the community, there's definitely like a sense of closure uh, to some extent because um, the love is there that's securing that, you know, so um, it was a very powerful experience. Yeah. And um, you also said like people like um, – like family members or people that have been killed by police have actually reached out to you. Um, you know, since beginning the campaign, you've completed 50 plus portraits. Um, when researching the individuals that you, um, portray in your art, you often speak with their family members. Does it ever bear down on you or like weigh heavily on you emotionally listening to these people and their family members telling you kind of like the most intimate details of their loved one's lives, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they, a lot of them never really see justice for their loved ones who are killed. Yeah, definitely. Um, this has been a project that has worn me down in ways that I didn't expect. You know, like if, if you're setting out to do up to a hundred portraits of, of people that have been killed unjustly and it's like a sad story, you know, like there's nothing about it that, that you can take anything positive from, from the actual loss of life. Um, cause you can't bring them back. Um, and, uh, I mean, even as it is to like, to begin with, like, uh, personally, I'm not the type of individual that, you know, um, that is good with like, like, like consoling people and be like, Hey, it's okay. You know, like that's never been me. Like, um, 
which is kind of weird that I take up this 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 line of work, uh, given that I'm not even like the most you know emotional person like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do feel that having accountability uh, that way is is the best way to approach it because I mean I don't want to be disrespecting anyone. I I want to make sure that they're on board with it. Um, some of them are a lot more excited than than others have been, but for the most part, they've they've all given me their blessing to go ahead. You know, so um, yeah, it uh, it has been uh, tough to 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 have those types of interactions, um, but that's just what it takes. And 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 it's nothing compared to the emotional uh, circumstances that the families are in. Like you know, so even though I, it, it does sometimes feel uh, uncomfortable, it's definitely nothing compared at all to to the types of feelings that that the parents or or, or the other family members have. Um, but it's just a uh, a a small you know way to support you know. Um, me just wanting to do my end of it, you know, through through what I know how to do best, which is art. Um, and then beyond that, it's other people that fulfill other roles, you know. So I I understand that it's not all on me, of course, you know. That's obvious, but um, yeah, you know, it's just it's just we all we all just need to support each other for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now. Um Nearly five years removed from the start of the campaign, you know, what are your thoughts on the evolution of the project and as well as the current state um, in regards to public awareness, to police um, brutality and calls for more oversight and accountability here in the United States? Yeah, so uh, it's crazy how it's it's been a, a little bit over five years now. Um Looking back, I I actually wish that I would have been more consistent because uh, it has taken up a lot of a lot of uh, time. Um, like where I'm at right now, I could honestly say that I do feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wish that I that I would have had a better idea, like a better structure when I first created it. Uh, because I, because it did really evolve as as I as I went on with it. Um, there was a lot of uh, um, setbacks, but um, they have all been for the better. So I just wish that I just was able to plan it out more and to have been able to completed it like within maybe like at least the first three years. Because now that it's like a little over five years, I have felt. Um, ways in which uh like i like like i've been boxed in as like that artist who like only does portraits which is of course not true but but that's what i'm mostly known for is is for doing portraits of people killed by police and i just wish that uh, people would see me more for other things and of course that's what i'm what, what i'm working on right now um uh but uh uh i actually did take two years off so that's the reason why it has taken so long is because I took two years off of the project because I did feel burnt out then uh, for many reasons, including uh, financial reasons. I ended up uh, having financial hardships that lasted for, for a couple of years. So I was really just trying to figure out my life situation. And then when things got back in order, beginning uh, this last year was when I decided to resume the project because I then had a little bit more stability. So then uh, I was like, you know what? Um, I've, I've done so many of these portraits. I think uh, I need to now have a plan. Like I didn't have one back then. So my plan then became that I would cap it at uh, 100 portraits. So it's going to be the, the uh, total amount of portraits that I would do for this project and then make a book out of it. So, um, I'm like at around 75 right now, so I have 25 more to go, and then I'm gonna have to figure out the uh, book situation. Um, I don't know the extent of how the book is gonna look like, uh, but I'm definitely gonna 
going to have to figure out funding for that because if I don't get funding, it's definitely not going to happen. Uh, or if it does, it would just be like something that would be affordable for me to put together. Um, but I'm not really putting any thought into that yet. Um, and uh, so I think there was a second part to this question. What was that again? Um, how do you feel? I was going to ask, you know, how do you feel about like the current state of affairs to public awareness about like oh, police yeah. brutality, you know, versus what it was prior yeah. to 2014? Yeah. So uh, as soon as Trump came into office, that's when I when I noticed how the focus went away from uh, uh, from uh, from police brutality to like immigration. Yes. And, and all these other issues that, that, that we've been dealing with under the, the Trump administration. It just kind of got swept up. Yeah, it's kind of got, kind of got swept up. But, I mean, of course, the media has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, some could even argue that it was, like, the media as well who was, like, pumping up all these stories of, of police killings to sort of, like, create a divide. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, but definitely... Uh, um, when 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 uh, the Trump administration uh, came into place, and of course the focus spread out to a lot of other different issues, um, but uh, I think it's important to to have consistency in the uh, in the issues that you really care about, because uh, if you just keep running around from issue to issue, uh, which I think. Yeah, when when that happens, you're not able to like really fortify your efforts to whatever cause you're trying to address. So then you just kind of keep getting distracted from from one issue to the next. So I just felt that it was important to 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 remain consistent with this cause and uh, and continue to push forward. But um, the the dynamics have definitely changed and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something that you just have to uh, not not forget about, and uh, because uh, I'm sure that the numbers have even risen now with with these kinds of incidents, but we just don't hear about it because we're hearing about the impeachment or 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 the war that's that's about to happen, supposedly. So I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. You know, as you said before, you you emphasize like a need to create a balance for your creative output, and also like to sometimes get you know funding for uh, for the work um, because you know, like you said, you don't you don't receive any uh, financial support um, off of like doing these designs, uh, so it could be kind of hard to prioritize the campaign. You know, how do you strike a balance between justice for our lives and the other art and other projects that you do as well. Yeah, it's 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 just a struggle to to be able to do so. So uh, many times I find myself in situations where I'm just really stressed out. Like I'm just like disoriented. I don't know what to do. Like what's what's the next step? Uh, should I should I worry about doing the next portrait for my project? Do I worry about doing uh, one of my paintings? Do I worry about looking for work? Do I worry about looking for housing? Like there's so many things that are going on that, that, um, make uh, being able to continue this project, uh, possible, uh, or, or hard to, to, to be able to, to make possible. Um, so there's, there's no real way that I, that I, that I'm, that I'm actively trying to, to manage the situation really. Uh, besides just trying to like, um, just, I mean, just like, just stay as, as organized as, as best as I can, you know? And I think that's another reason why this portrait, why this, uh, portrait series has last, has lasted for as long as it has is, is also because it's just always hard for me to like, to, to get my footing in life and like have stability where I'm not having to worry about all all of the other noise in the background because uh, I've always been having to worry about that throughout this entire process or else I would have been finished by now. Um, so yeah, it's really a struggle and it's something that even to this day, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out 
uh, we're, we're, we just came into the new year, you know, and, uh, I've set my intentions. Uh, so, but so far I'm having a bit of a, a slow start to the year for a lot of different reasons. Um, so it's, it's always just, um, a process and, uh, I know that eventually things will get better. It's just about being consistent with everything. Uh, try to maximize my uh, productivity, maximize my focus, and minimize all the stuff that doesn't benefit me in the long term. So it's something that I'm just, you know, just always trying to work at and chip away, you know, and try to reach that that perfect balance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, for our listeners, you know, uh, the images for the portraits that you create, they're, they're really uh, lifelike. You know, what's the, what's the process that goes into creating one? Because you do this all so digitally. Very, yeah, so the very first one that I created, the Oscar Grant one, um, I remember because I wasn't so experienced in Photoshop, I, I hand drew it first uh, with pencil and then I went over it with marker I scanned it and then I just cleaned it up on, uh, on Photoshop and that took a really long time. So I remember when I first started these portraits, it would take a really long time to, to just produce one. And then once I started to learn graphic design, uh, it takes a lot less now. It's, it's, it, it, uh, it does not take that long to create the design itself. But uh, along with the actual creation of the design, or even prior to that, there's always, you know, the, uh, the research, um, there's always like how I come across these stories, which for the most part has been just like on social media, uh, someone will put up a post and then I'll just investigate further. Um, uh, and I try to get as much information about it as possible because I know how a lot of these stories, especially when it comes to police killings, can have different versions. You have, you know, the police narrative that gets put out to all these major networks like the ABCs, uh, the, you know, the Fox or CNN or whatever. So whenever I come across their articles uh, online, uh, there's always information there that I just have to question. And then, and then I go to, to, to other articles uh, that that have a different narrative and then they have details that challenge the information that I get from from other articles so it's it's something that that I that I make sure to to be as thorough as possible to get as much information as I can even if even if I don't like the information even if it contradicts what 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 my feelings are um I I I I feel that it's important to get all of the facts straight um and then present it, uh, and then present what I get from it when, whenever I, I post these designs. Um, so there's there's that. There's also uh, the communication that I have with the families, um, which I haven't had with with every single portrait that I've done. Mm-hmm. But I would say so far, I've, I've I've probably spoken with like like sixty to seventy percent of the family members. Uh, of, 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 of the individuals who, who I've made portraits of. Um, now that I'm like, uh, now w- being that I am where, where, where I'm at with this portrait series, um, I'm, I'm really just, I'm kind of like expediting it just a little bit more. So I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going about it how I did when I first started, or, or at least with like making sure that I contact with the families uh, as much as I did back then. But if it's possible and it's and it's and it, and it doesn't take so much effort for me now, I would still do it. But there's been some that that I haven't, and, uh, especially if it's like a high profile case. Because if it's a high profile case, then I can't, then then I guess you know the uh, family members would already know that there's a lot of people out there who are who are doing this kind of work. So I would feel that it would be okay. But um, but yeah. So there's there's that. There's you know there's the there's the communication with the families. Uh, there's also the development of my website. So I'm, I'm having to, you know, set up different kinds of files and then I have to like upload those files. I have to update the the social media. Um, so there's a whole process that, that happens beyond just the production of, of the portraits, 
that goes on for each individual that I've, that, that I've done a portrait for. Um, so it's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 Cause like you said, like you actually put the artwork on your website too. So people at home, they can, whether they're using it for a poster or a banner or a t-shirt, like you said, they can, they can take that artwork and they could spread it in their own city or wherever action they're using it in. Yeah, there's there's the uh, JPEG, which they can download and, and share that online. And then there's a eight and a half by 11 size PDF. And that's and, and the reason for that is because uh, most people just have those general, you know, printers like like like, like uh, office printers that uh, eight and a half by 15 is like the standard print size, you know, for copy paper. So uh, I. I put I, I I I set them to that dimension specifically for that reason, but then so I have that, and then the 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 other uh, uh, dimension is a uh, twenty-two by thirty, which is the dimension that uh, I've created all these files in. Uh, I don't know why I set that that dimension, but that's just how I started making them. So I just felt that I had to be consistent with that, with that size, uh, so that all the portraits will have a consistent, uh, dimension with all of them. Um, so, and, and the reason for that is just so that people can have the, uh, the largest file that, that I have possible for, for these designs that I, that I create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, and, and your art definitely has, it's, it has proliferated and traveled to, many many different places and um and it's giving you like a a a really big platform really you know and you've even had the opportunity to hold public printing sessions like uh i believe you hosted at uh the exploratory museum in san francisco one time uh is that true yeah but what was that experience like it was cool it was my first time going to the exploratorium after they they moved because they used to be at a different location and then they moved uh right next to like the bay bridge right there like by the water um and i love science so it was really cool to to be able to have that experience where i could um enjoy uh everything that that they have there but then also be able to share my work, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with science, but um, they have these art nights, and I'm not sure if, if they still have them now, but I'm pretty sure that they do, where every every Thursday, they open it up to, like, adults. Um, they, like, have, you know, alcoholic beverages and whatnot, and it's just like a, like a cool atmosphere where you get to just, you know, maybe, like, take a date out to, you know, have a couple of drinks and, and, and see what, 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 uh, what they offer there. And with that night, uh, uh, specifically, it was like a, like that, like an activism night or something where they, they invited artists from the Bay area or actually it wasn't necessarily from the Bay area only. It was just artists in general. Cause I think there was an, there was another artist there that was doing a presentation and, and she's not from the Bay. Like she, like she doesn't live out here, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it was just like, um, a night that had the theme of social justice and so they invited me over there to do my presentation, and uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. Nice. You know, um, justice for our lives. Also, the campaign. It's not just uh, it's not just about like police violence, but it's also very much a racial justice campaign. You know, with violence that's been directed at um, Chicano, Latino, and immigrant communities in this country. You know, not just by like police and immigration authorities, but even by just regular racist and bigots that have been emboldened under the past several years by uh, Trump and his administration. You know, do you think that like in that regard, are we are we in a worse place now than we were like five years ago? I would say yes and no. I would say uh, yes uh, for the fact that we have these platforms, we have social media where we're able to express this hate that has always existed. Um, so I would say that uh, it has been amplified uh, where, the, the ampli- where the amplification is possible through these platforms. 
but it has been amplified in the sense of how we're able to see it because of these platforms. So like with Oscar Grant, you know, like everyone got to see it. Um, and so that was like the, uh, the first example of how, how technology and how we're moving forward with that has, have allowed us to, to get more exposure of, of, of what's happening with these incidents. But then also like with Twitter and like Trump, you know, like he's, he's able to, to, uh, to amplify it and people read his tweets and they're emboldened by it. So then more hate is, uh, is a generated, not just by individuals, but by police, of course. Um, but yeah, so that's my sentiment with, with that. But as far as like my project, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a racial justice project. And you mentioned something about like, not just police, but also just uh, individuals. Yes. So that was, yeah, so that was how, how I started when, when I first started this project. You know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there, there wasn't really much of a structure. Um, so then, uh, uh, like, more later, I, I then decided to make a change, or not necessarily change, but I just, like, kind of restricted it a little bit where I would only uh, tell the stories of, of people killed by U.S. law enforcement, you know, not necessarily only police, but I also do, uh, like, Border Patrol, um, ICE, you know, so uh, to, to express how this is an issue of, like, state-sponsored uh, violence and not necessarily something that, that only uh, uh, is, like, it's, it's not only just police, it's not only just Border Patrol, it's like a, it's a whole structure exists where... Um, where the state is, is funding this, where the state is uh, taxing us, the citizens, to, to uh, pay for um, these military weapons that the police now have, that I'm sure Border Patrol has as well, to, to be able to kill us as well, you know? So um, uh, I stepped back uh, from, from telling the stories of, like, um, individuals, just like random citizens that have killed other other citizens for this project. I just felt uh, that if I were to go down that road, then, or if I were to go exclusively down that road where it would be like just a, a racial justice project, um, then it would open it up to, to like a lot of different cases where I would have friends be like, hey, can you do a portrait of, of, of my cousin who was shot, uh, you know, but you know and and i'm like oh okay you know it's just it was just tough you know to uh to to have it so broad where um you could sort of factor in a racial component to a lot of the violence that that happens out there so i just wanted to be a little bit more specific um and i just and primarily my intent was to address police violence so i just felt well this, so that it's not necessarily just a police issue, that it's something that is, is, uh, um, it's, um, it's, that it's produced by the system that, you know, produces our president, that, that produces a lot of, that produces our military and all of the things that, that they're doing in, in, in other countries. So I wanted to tie it into the system and, 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 and how it has manifested. So it's primarily police, but of course we have border patrol that is like a form of law enforcement as well that abuses their power. ICE, uh, um, I could do the military as well, but uh, yeah, that would just be, that. I think that would make it a, a bit too broad. So I just wanted to focus primarily with, uh, with police and, um, and, and like border patrol and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you personally believe that art and expression and culture are key to making lasting systemic uh, changes within our society, especially given the social and political climate within the country today? Yeah, I would like to think so. I mean, as 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 an artist, uh, being that I'm telling stories and that you know people take in these stories and 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 it it could it could mold someone's perspective. 
then that's that's what has been going on for thousands of years that it's really been the art that that influences culture and and it's the culture that influences the politics so i i I'd, I'd like to believe that that the art precedes all of it that that develops the culture and the culture precedes what then develops our our politics but it's also like like a cycle you know where then the politics can then uh, create the the circumstances or the environment that then inspires the art again to 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 to, to be created that then inspires the culture again and then the politics so it's like it's like a whole cycle that that sort of like generates itself um, and it's been going on for thousands of years yeah. Um, with that said, what advice do you have for both, um, aspiring artists as well as just young people in general that want to get involved in a movement or politically, but don't necessarily know what initial steps to take or what direction to go in? Um, I would say to start off to just do the work, whether you're connected with anyone or not, or with a group of, of individuals, like an organization or, or a community, or not really just start doing the work, but ultimately uh, it would require for, for, for someone to, to be connected in some way. Um, that's how I started, you know, cause like I said, I, I was very limited with, with the work that I did in LA. I mean, I did do little things here and there. Um, I remember that I, I, I even did some posters for the, I forget the proposition name, uh, a B something or S B S B ten I I forget what it was, but it was like this big immigration bill that I I remember wasn't passed. I think it was like in two thousand six. And uh back at that time, uh I remember that I did this little flyer. Um I had like a picture of Emiliano Zapata on there and I remember I was like we pacing it like throughout downtown during the marches and everything. And uh, I wasn't connected to anyone. Like I didn't know any organizations, and I wasn't even like necessarily like an activist. I was just an artist that like wanted to express myself. And uh, it was it was that experience that I that I drew that I drew from when I then did become more connected. Um, but uh, I would say that uh, the most important thing to do, if if, if you want to do. Uh, you know, uh, social justice work with art is to be connected. And nowadays is a lot more easier than what it was back then. You could just go on Facebook, you could go on uh, Instagram and contact these, these, these organizations and be like, you know, um, um, you know, if, if you're starting off and you're, and, and you're trying to get exposure, cause that's, that's really what is required when, when you're starting off, you know, is to like, hit up these organizations and be like, I'm, I'm willing to do a design if you're willing to post it on, on your social media. And then, you know, uh, one thing will lead to another. And then before you know it, you're, you're being hired to produce more work. And which is another important thing of, uh, of, uh, advice. Um, when you want to do this, this, this line of work, because of course, when, when you're, when you're doing the activism, you're kind of, you know, going against like capitalism because that's like one of the uh, the the uh, factors that have created all of these issues. So it's it's, it's definitely going to be hard to to find yourself well funded uh, while doing this line of work. So it's really just you know put yourself out there, uh, gain, get the recognition, and then people will start hitting you up because that's what happened to me. You know, when I gain a little bit of recognition. Uh, people would hit me up like, Hey, can you do this, uh, this design for, for this one campaign that we're doing? Can you do this logo for this organization that we want to start, etc." So it takes time. So you definitely have to be patient as well. Uh, I feel like I'm still paying my dues. Like there's a lot of more work that I need to do before I get to that point where I feel like I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sustainable, you know, cause I'm definitely not that yet. So even where I'm at right now, there's a lot more for me to learn and a lot more to work for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you said that you wanted to cap off justice for our lives 
at a hundred portraits and that when you complete those, you eventually, you hope to release a book. Um, yeah. Is there a timeline at all for that? Or is it just, is that still um, up in the air for the most part? Yeah, it's still, it's still up in the air. There's no timeline. It's just, I've, well, I've never done a book before, so I would have to figure out how, how to go about that. Um, uh, so there's going to be a lot of research that I, that I need to do till then, but there's just so much on my plate right now that I don't even have time for that. Mm-hmm. So if there's, if there's any time that, that, that comes up where I'm able to dedicate to this project, uh, first and foremost is, is going to be towards the production and completion of, of these portraits. And then after that is when I then start to worry about, uh, the book, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm not even sure exactly how it's gonna look like, but at at the very least, it's gonna at least be like a like an art book where I, I showcase the designs and then pictures of how they have been used out in the public. Um, but I do definitely want to get um, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Um, the uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I would like to get uh, just words from from individuals who who have been in the movement and that have used my portraits as well, like like, like the folks from like like Frisco Five, you know, or or like some of the families as well, you know, get their uh, account. There you go. That's like get their their account of like uh, what what they've been doing, um, how they came in contact with my work, and how they've been using it. Um, so, cause it's not only about my project, you know, like it's, it's, it, it definitely exists, uh, through the connection that, that it has made with, uh, a bunch of different individuals, like including yourself as well, you know? So, um, it's something that, uh, at the very least it's going to be like a picture book, but if I'm able to, uh, organize this a lot better then I would also have, you know, accounts of family members and other activists that have engaged with, with this body of work. So I'm going to have to figure it out. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be quite a, quite an undertaking. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, with that said, where can people find you and follow you online to get all the updates, um, about your latest projects and events and as, uh, as things progress? Yeah. So, um, all of my social media is at Ori Original, so O R E E O R I G I N O L. So that's how you spell out my name, and so that's for everything. So you'll find me on uh, primarily Instagram, and then after that is YouTube, and uh, I don't. I'm not really active on uh, on Facebook anymore. So it's really just those two. But you can find me. You can find me on uh, on TikTok as well for all my dumb dog videos. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's it's really just uh, it's mostly what no Tumblr. Actually, I'm not really on on Tumblr anymore. So it's really just uh, Instagram and uh, and 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 YouTube that I'm the most active with my social media. But if you want to go to my website, it's 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 the exact same name dot com. So it's original.com. Uh, but also, I do have a separate domain. Um, that is part of the same website of Oreo Original, where you could uh, uh, go to justiceforourlives.com, and it takes you to the page that the project uh, lives in within my main artist's uh, website. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. If people want to reach me, or if you or if they want to reach me through email, it's at Oreo Original. I mean, uh, it's Oreo Original at gmail.com. Okay. And, um, yeah, man, with that said, you know, do you have any closing comments or anything else you, uh, I might've missed that you want the listeners to know about? Uh, well, I mean, uh, as far as this project goes, uh, that, the that the portraits are available f- for free download. So if anyone wants to go to the website, just they could download the designs at, uh, eight and a half by 11 and uh, a, a 22 by 30 inches. So um, folks should feel free to um, use these designs as, as a tool, whether if they want to you know, take them out to the streets or if there's any educators out there that want to use them for, 
like curriculum or whatever it might be uh, in the classroom um, or in any other kind of setting, people are definitely welcome to use these designs. And if people have any questions, feel free to message me and I will respond. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time again to, uh, to speak with us today. Yeah, man, you're welcome, man. I'm sorry that it took a while for us to finally get this done. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's all good. This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego, and our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.